The Bread and Butter podcast acknowledges the Yagara people and the Turbal people as the traditional custodians of Mainjin, the lands on which we record today. We pay our respects to the Yagara and Turbal elders, past, present, and emerging. This podcast is brought to you by Hey Al Productions. Did I say good? Just to get you into it one more time. Maybe just in case. Okay. Go. Bread and better podcast. Okay. Bread and better podcast. I feel like I am. Bread and better podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Bread and Better. I'm Alex. I'm one half of the Bread and Better team, the owner of Hey Our Productions, a published writer, and a mum of three. And I'm Tegan. I'm a personal trainer and sports nutritionist. I'm passionate about food, movement and mindset. And I am so lucky to be able to help people with this via my work and via the podcast. So today we have a really unique episode for you guys. Tegan and I have asked Kev, my husband, to come on the show and talk about his experience supporting someone with a mental illness. So Kev and I met when I was 17 at schoolies. So romantic. Uh, We became best friends pretty much straight away. We started dating in Scotland when I was 21. So we've been together for 16 years this year. In that time, I have faced many mental health issues, including anxiety, OCD, and numerous bouts of depression, as well as what we now know was two bipolar episodes, one which resulted in me calling off our engagement and cancelling our wedding. Uh, So needless to say, Kev has been through a lot. However, his support of me has never waned and I give him full credit for me being here today. Even though Kev is really nervous about coming on the show today, I know that he could help so many people in his situation by sharing his story and the advice he would give to others in his situation. So I'm going to leave the recording now uh, so that Kev and Tegan can talk on their own, have a really authentic conversation without the pressure of me being here. All right. Don't touch anything. <laughs> I'm going to press the button. <laughs> now we've gotten rid of Alex. Welcome to the podcast, Kev. Yeah, thank you. First uh, potty appearance on Bread and Better. Yes, first on anything. And you do a lot of work behind the scenes. I'm constantly saying that you need a pay rise. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've listened to most episodes probably a couple of times before they go out. Yeah, you must be so sick of hearing yeah. my voice. No, that's good. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into it, we really want to warn our listeners that whilst this is a very important conversation, it is a really hard one as we will be discussing mental health in detail. If you feel like it is not a good time for you to be listening to this episode, please skip it and come back to it when you feel ready. We remind all our listeners that if they are finding things tough right now, that they are not alone. Our DMs are always open and we will add some helpful organizations into the show notes. So you get to take Alex's place this week and do the segment. So best thing you ate in the last week, what have you got? Uh, so Alex made a seafood laksa for the first time in a while. You don't have to plug her food. <laughs> I'm not plugging her food. It <laughs> honestly is the best thing. She hasn't been able to eat it for a while, yep. but since she's been on the new medication and her stomach's healed. Yeah. So she made that. It was delicious. How good is a laksa? Oh, I love any curry, anything. Just yeah. Give it to me. yeah. One of my girlfriends made for me, and this was probably right up there with the best thing I ate last week. She made like a, it was similar to like a laksa or a red curry sauce and it had dumplings in it. Oh, yum. It was really good. 
But the best thing that I ate, Laura and Fraz, our mutual friends that you know, uh, came down on the weekend and we got fish and chips and calamari and salad and just fresh fish. So nice. Did you eat it on the beach? No, we actually took it back to my house and we had like plates and all different condiments and knives and forks, which like (laughs) I think eating on the beach is like good in theory, but I'm a real like eating at the table sort of person. You don't want to go there on a windy day when like sand gets on everything and and add that extra crunch to your food. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want want a really crunchy fish and chips. Excellent. Before we get into the bulk of the episode, I just wanted to disclaim that neither Kev nor myself are qualified in the mental health space. We are speaking today purely from an anecdotal place in the hopes that sharing our experiences can open up a conversation on how we can better support those within our lives who are facing mental health struggles. We strongly recommend seeking professional advice wherever possible, as well as utilizing the fantastic services that are out there, which as we mentioned, we will list in the show notes. So Kev, welcome again. How are you feeling about the episode today? Uh, a bit nervous, but excited, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think I haven't really spoken about any of this with anyone other than Alex, I don't think. So it'll be the first time sharing with people, I guess. Yeah, it is. Um, and I remember when Alex shared with me like off air before we had decided to do the episode, um, when she shared with me that she did have that bipolar diagnosis, she was yep. saying, you know, how little people that she had even discussed it with at that point and how, you know, for her to share it on such a public forum was really a really big deal. Yeah, very brave of her, I think. Yeah, and very brave yeah. of you to share your experience as well. Just to share a little bit of my experience, like when Alex did tell me about her bipolar, like, like I instantly had the thought like she should share it. And yeah. I think that if she was, you know, brave and comfortable enough to do that, that it would help so many people. And like, as she said, she hadn't known anybody that had had that diagnosis before. So even if there's one person that listens to the episode or listens to these episodes um, and it helps them feel less alone, like obviously that's really, really positive. But the second thought that I had was to get you on the podcast and to talk about your experience. Yeah. Because in my mid twenties, I had a partner that had really severe mental health struggles and it was really hard to manage as a partner, like it really affected me and I didn't handle it as well as I could have. And I remember like Googling, like how do I be a supportive partner of someone with severe depression? Yeah, yeah. And lots of Googling and reading that, articles and You've stuff done as well. that yes. Google search before. And I think like I didn't like I didn't have the tools or the knowledge to handle the situation very well and it ended up taking a toll on my mental health yeah. over the course of our relationship and our relationship broke down purely because he was really unwell and he didn't want to like drag me through his hospital visits yeah. and his his struggles, which was really sad and really hard for me to accept at the time. Yeah, it can be definitely be hard. I think the whole situation can be very hard and I think it's important to work together. Mm, definitely. To through it and work out whether... Yeah, <laughs> whether you... Yeah. yeah, whether you want to keep going or call it quits or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and I, rem- and I remember like, and that is, you know, when you are dating someone that is struggling with their mental health. Like obviously you do need to look after yourself first and foremost. And for people that couldn't take that on, there's no shame in that and, and not being able to, to be that oh, yeah, supportive partner. Not. Like you need to take care of your own mental health and your own stuff first, I think. Yeah, 100%. So when I was talking to the girls when we were having our fish and chips about recording this episode, it dawned on me that when we spoke about Alex's bipolar the first time, we didn't really talk about what bipolar is. And I still think that there's a lot of people out there that think it's like 
a mood swing, like a day-to-day, like you're happy in the morning and you're sad in the afternoon sort of situation. And I don't think that that's really accurate. Is that correct? What- no, so it's definitely not like mood swinging through the day like that. So um, I think I just had a quick look last night again and like so – Bipolar is a mental health disorder which causes extreme mood swings. So often highs described as mania and lows as depression. So it's normally more like days or weeks of being like mm. really ex- like excitable, lots of energy, wanting to do a bunch of stuff, very spontaneous. And then your lows are like normally depression or loss of interest in stuff, not wanting to do anything and stuff like that. It's definitely not like one minute she's happy and one minute she's sad. It's definitely not like that. So it's definitely more of a longer period, I'd say. Yeah, that was kind of my understanding as well, because my that, that partner at the time, like they were looking into whether he had bipolar yeah. and... Um, it's it like it can be yeah weeks and months of, yeah. of mania of like there's so much to do and erratic yeah. decision making and all these crazy ideas and there's not enough hours in the day and we have to do everything right now yeah. and then like deep deep depression yeah yeah exactly I'd say the same as Alex yeah it sounds very similar yeah so I think it, and I think we Alex and I talk about it all the time like how people flippantly say like oh it's my OCD yeah or uh, I've got I, bipolar or whatever yeah totally. I get really angry with stuff like that like yeah. I just think it uh, minimizes people who actually have a mental health disorder yeah and I've actually been really conscious pulling people up on it now that I am more educated yeah because I remember one of the girls were talking about the David Beckham docuseries yeah. or whatever it was and they're like oh my god he's so OCD like he puts out five sets of clothes at a time and I was like that that's not OCD. That's yep. just great organisation. Yeah, I think that organized. I might start doing that. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, the first step is doing stuff like this so that people have more awareness about it. And then the second step is pulling people up when they yeah. say it. So that it just doesn't become normal because it's yeah, just exactly, flippant yeah. things. So what was the experience like with Alex? Like what was the timeline like for you with her diagnosis? And were there times you realized that there was something major going on for her before she was diagnosed? So I've always known when we got together that she had anxiety and she had a depression in the past, but I definitely didn't think there was anything major wrong with her. Like when she was going through her highs, I just think that she was being like spontaneous and I sort of just go along with it, not thinking that there's anything wrong. And then if she had depression, I just thought it was, she was depressed and we'd like work through to get it out. Um, Then when she was about 24, she had a really rough patch. And I think that's when I thought that something else might be going on. But then again, it was still several years after that before we got any type of diagnosis for her or anything like that. Mm. And Alex was touching on in the intro that during one of her episodes, she called off the wedding. Yes, that was probably, that's that when she was around 24. Yeah. So we're living together and everything. And then she went, had an episode and cancelled the wedding and everything like that. Weren't really sure what we were doing or anything like that. And then about... (laughs) Four months later, we were married and had eloped. So yeah, right. That's probably so. Probably should have been a big indication that there was probably something else going on. Yeah, and that must have been really hard for you. Something that I found hard was to not take things personally. Yeah, I, I think uh, when it was happening, I think I probably did take it pretty personally, but which is understandable. Yeah, and then afterwards, I definitely didn't, especially after she got her diagnosis. I think looking back now. I can definitely look it back through a different lens and see that she was going through something and mm. it had relatively nothing to do with me. Well, obviously it still had some stuff to do with me, but um, not as much as I was blaming myself for it. Yeah, I think that that's really hard and that's probably going to be 
a really good takeaway from the end of the episode and I might be stealing one of your tips from down the track. But <laughs> Maybe we would repeat it. Yeah, but just remembering that like it's not about you. Yeah. And like especially when people with depression, you know, withdraw or, you know, lose interest in sex and yeah. things like that, like it's hard to not take those things personally but then once you kind of have the knowledge that it's not about you and they just need to work through this sort of period, it's, I don't know, I at the time felt very like rejected. Yeah, definitely. I think I still have to sometimes remind myself of that. If she is going through a bit of depression or doesn't want to do anything, like I still sometimes think I think I take it probably personally and then only later looking back, I was like, oh, well, it was obviously she was going through something. And it's hard for us to disconnect like our logical and emotional brain. Like even if you know like logically, I know that this this isn't about me, but like emotionally you want your partner to be happy and, yes. and to be able to spend time to time with you and looking forward to that as yes. well, which I think, you know, that would be super relatable. Um, so what were your thoughts when Alex was diagnosed? So, yeah, when after I found out that she was diagnosed, um, I think looking back on a few things, I think it definitely made sense. Like I said, like we moved to New Zealand on like a whim and – the eloping and everything like that definitely puts that in a different light and mm. makes sense of it all. Whereas at the time I was just like, oh, yeah, she's just super spontaneous and I'll just go along with it. Obviously um, you're very relaxed and go with the flow. Yeah, I'm pretty like I think I'm a pretty stable person and i definitely just happy to go with the flow and I like that I like that she's spontaneous because sometimes I wouldn't do stuff like that. So yeah, I'd more than happy to just keep going with it or whatever. Other than that, like I think I really just looked at it through – like a practical scientific way, like looking up information about it, giving her information about it, what is bipolar, like what we can do to help her, what we need to do moving forward with like medication and stuff like that. Yeah, so you just went into action no, mode. So, yeah, I didn't, I'd like I feel like it didn't change anything. Like it was just, okay, this is what you have, what can we do about it? Like, yeah, it just, just like that. It, was, it wasn't any... It wasn't a big deal or anything, I don't think. Just some answers really, yeah. right? Some things starting to make sense. Yeah, something and then starting to make sense, exactly. Once you, like, have that information to know what's going on, then you can you can make a plan versus yeah, exactly. living can, in this limbo. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. You can make plans. Um, so what are some of the ways that you have helped Alex with her mental health that has changed since she's diagnosed? Uh, yeah, so like I said before, uh, do a lot of research on how to stop having panic attacks, give her ideas, like send her Instagram posts and stuff like that to help her through it. Send her lots of articles about bipolar, depression. As you know, she's research-driven, so if I can find good articles and give them to her, she likes enjoys reading them and giving her some answers as well as going through them with her. I don't know if she shared, I don't know if it made the edit, but she did share with me in one of the episodes like that she was having a panic attack and you found this app. That yeah, is that the um, 3D geometric shape yes, app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the other things. Um, I've since found like two techniques. Some of them don't work for everybody. So there's like one where you picture a feather and as you breathe out, you picture a feather above your mouth going up and then you breathe in and the feather comes back down and you breathe out and the feather goes up. Yes. And then the, the other app is a 3D geometric shape that sort of like folds in on itself and then folds out and then folds in on itself and folds out. So it's like getting them out of their head and getting them out of their head, slowing it down. Getting out of the breathing, slowing everything yeah. down, yeah. And that helps. The feather thing didn't, definitely didn't help her. She didn't like that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the geometric shape definitely helped. And I, she shared like how it dawned on her in that moment how much time you were dedicating to trying to find ways to help her. Yeah, well, I think, like, it's better for everybody. Like, when she's in a better stable condition, the whole house benefits from that. So, like, and I like doing stuff like that. Like, it's interesting for me too to find 
different techniques and stuff and see what will work and what will help her. This is a pivot, but do you know what your love language is? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> I do not. I, I feel like Alex it might be. physical touch, so I don't think it's. <laughs> I feel like it might be like a little bit of acts of service yeah, as may, well. Oh, it's definitely, actually, I think Alex is, is, I don't know what's the one where like she likes acts of service. Like, yeah, right. Her, like, so you're tuned into her or, love yes, language. Yes, yes, I'm tuned into her love Actually, language, that yeah. is definitely, um, that is so true of you guys. Yeah. When like, even like sometimes when she's like, oh, Kev will do this for me. Like, Kev will do this yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, pay rise. That bloke needs a pay rise. <laughs> so have there been any times that you felt like you were struggling with your own mental health as a result of trying to help Alex? Um, like I mentioned before, when she was 24 and she was going through an episode, um, I think that really affected my mental health as well at the same time. But we worked through all that and it's fine. And other than that, I've only struggled with my own mental health a couple of times through my life. And she's been there to really support me yep. through that. Yeah. Going through it currently, as I think you know. <laughs> so, and she's yep. been really helpful with that like immensely. Yeah, you guys are such a good solid team. I will say that actually, yeah, that's probably a good point as well is like obviously I do a lot of supporting of her and her mental health, but it's definitely good that she can do the same for me. And when you need it, I think if you are supporting someone with mental health issues, when you need help, it's very good to get help off the other person as well. Yeah. I feel like so that they're giving like back so it's not just a one-way traffic. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And to be able to feel confident and secure, to be able to ask that of them, like and to be able to know that she is able to have the capacity to give that to you when you need it as well. But I'm sure it's also important for you guys to have an external support network. Yeah, definitely. I think especially Alex has a really good group of friends like you included that help her and yeah with everything yeah yeah I've actually been doing like we were were reflecting on it in the first episode of the year and I was talking to our mutual friend Ash this week and she was just saying like how grateful she is to the circle of friends that we have and I just feel like we're yeah our circle is top notch and I would encourage like anyone out there to really find your people and be really careful with who you allow yourself access to because when you are in a friendship circle that is so supportive like it just feels so different to friendships that we had in our early 20s oh yeah definitely I think she's got a really good group well you both have a really good group of friends we're very lucky well this is a perfect segue from what we were just talking about like do you feel like you personally have or need people to be able to talk to as a form of release or validation for yourself um, no, like I've mentioned before, like this is the first time I'm really talking openly about it with anybody. I'm very internalized my feelings and, and emotions. So, and I work through them problem solving in my own head and stuff. So I haven't actually really spoken to anyone about it and I'm fine with that. Like yeah, I work that's through how it you fine. Process it doesn't, it. Yeah, that's how I process it. And I think everyone is different with that. Like some people really need to get it out and have everything's spoken with with someone else but you obviously have a very logical brain and you can sit down and nut it all out yeah exactly and if I want to talk to anyone about it I generally will talk to Alex about it yeah if I have an issue or problem or whatever with anything so yeah yeah you guys are the best so have there been any really big lessons along the way that you could share with our listeners like eg ways that you thought that you were helping and maybe you weren't or on the flip side of that things that were really helpful like any sort of do's and don'ts from your experience Definitely got a few don'ts I think Okay let's yeah. <laughs> let's start with the don'ts because I think that that's 
you know, there's a, yeah, it's really hard and people probably think that they're being helpful sometimes and they're not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I think the one of the biggest ones was when she used to say like she was anxious and she didn't know what she was anxious about. I would sort of list a few uh, things. This? Like, is, is it this? this? Is it this? Is it this? Thinking I'm being helpful to try pin down what she's feeling anxious about and it turns out that just makes her more anxious or be thinks that should I be anxious about that? Should I be anxious about that? So it just sort of made the whole situation worse. I'll see like piling on you like, oh, now I'm anxious about that or I'm anxious that I don't know the thing that I'm anxious about. Well, she's like, oh, why should I be anxious about that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Don't be, don't be. Fuel, meat, fire. (laughs) Um, And another one I think is sometimes just trying to solve her problems. Like if it was depression or even just a problem in general is like she doesn't always want you to have a solution or mm. fix the problem. Sometimes just wanted me to listen and say, oh, that's shit or that sucks or whatever. So sometimes it's just more about listening and letting her get out what she wants to get out rather than trying to solve the problem. I think that that is just generally really good relationship <laughs> advice. Yeah. And yeah. we talk about it all the time. I talk about it all the time with my friends. It's like saying to someone, do you want sympathy or do you want a solution? Yeah, and exactly. then they can be like, I want sympathy. Like I just needed to get it off my chest. And I reckon that is going to save a lot. That that piece of advice there is like relationship gold. Yes. It's actually taken me quite a while to work out that one. So, And that's like, like, like you said, you've got a problem solving brain. Yeah, so you're exactly. like, how do we get to the bottom of this? And like Alex is definitely someone that needs a vent yes, she likes, and needs yeah. to get it off her chest. Yes, yeah, so exactly. So, so sometimes it's, it's just about going, that's so shit. Like, yeah, just validating how she like, feels. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's, that's really, really good advice in yeah. general. Yeah. What else you got? I think, I think I haven't mentioned this yet. So I'll mention it here is probably just trying to be a calm, stable person in their life. I mean, it's not always possible, but for her, I think it's really good that she knows how I'm going to react or act to certain situations. So, she knows what to expect. So it's not, I'm not going to be like, she's not going to be surprised by how I act or react to situations, which yeah. is super helpful for her. Because it's not another layer of uncertainty. Exactly. Yeah. There's not another anxiety like, oh, what's Kev going to say about that? It's just, oh, he'll be do this. That's fine. Yeah. That's actually, I've never, I've never considered that before. And I think that that's really, really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Be stable. <laughs> Yeah, probably easier to say just be stable than it actually is to Or just to be, yeah, or just to be predictable. And I guess that that makes, that means like you need to be pretty regulated. Yes. Like you you can't, you can't be um, super emotional because that's not going to add to the situation. I think naturally I'm not super, like I don't get super high or super low. So she knows exactly what to expect and how I'm going to react to stuff. So. And I think that if you are someone that isn't struggling with their mental health, because obviously that's a lot more challenging, like doing work on yourself to make sure that you are quite regulated is work worth doing. Yes. And that's definitely definitely something that I have really worked on in my own personal development over the last few years. Like I, there's not too many things these days that rattle me. Yeah. Um, Whereas before, like little things would just make me fly off the handle where now I'm just like, it is what it is and we'll deal with it. Like, And to be able to identify when you're starting to get dysregulated and you're starting to get worked up and putting strategies in place to like not let yourself fly off the handle or or calm down. Like, again, that's just good advice for anyone. But if you can be that regulated sense of calm for a person that doesn't have the ability to do that, doesn't have the ability to use the tools that the rest of us that are quite, quite stable are, like if you were looking to work on something within yourself, that would be a great thing to work on. Yeah, definitely. I think that also probably leads on to another good tip I'd say is to make sure that you do take care of yourself 
whether that's going to the gym or watching a movie or like playing my PlayStation or whatever it is so that you have your own time Mm. to regulate yourself so that you can help more and give more of yourself to the other person when they need you to. Yeah. There's been a few times where Alex has come to me with a problem and she's like, what, like you're not listening to me, like what's wrong? And it's generally times where I've been like stressed out at work or something else and have come home and aren't tuned in to her emotions or Mm. feelings. And so then I normally take a step back and go, okay, well, let me do this, recharge my own battery so that I can give Alex what she needs. That old like you can't pour from an empty cup yeah, exactly. sort of scenario. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really that's really important. And I think that is probably a thing that lots of people do forget, especially like you guys have three kids as well. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, you're you know, you're working full time, you're trying to support Alex, you're you know, helping raise three kids. Yeah. It's not like you have a whole bunch of time for downtime. So it's really important for you to prioritize your own self-care yes, and, exactly and right. filling your own cup yeah you can't be that stable influence that you want to be in her life if you're having a bad time yourself yeah I think and I think I've touched on this on the last episode when we were talking about mental health I think like the biggest piece of advice that I could give someone um and I guess it's probably different when you are in a relationship this is probably more of advice from a friend level is to just be there yeah because when people are really struggling with their mental health People avoid them because they don't know what to say. Yeah, that's probably like the worst, the worst thing to do is like yeah. just be there for them. Yeah, like when I was struggling with my mental health on the back of trying to help a partner with their mental health and ended up with sort of like reactive depression, yeah. so many of my really good friends were like completely absent yeah. because they didn't know what to do with me because I it had been months and I was withdrawn and I was hardly leaving the house and I just have one really good friend and he lived around the corner and he has struggled with his own mental health and he was like, I'm coming over. Yeah. Like whether you want to sit in the corner and cry, we can get food, we can do nothing, but I'm just going to be there. Yeah, exactly. And that can even just be like a message saying, hey, thinking of you or hey, how are you going? It doesn't have to be yeah. a massive um, effort or anything like that. And going back on what you were saying earlier is like you don't have to have the solution. Yes. You just have to have like you just have to be present and you just have to, you know, validate how the exactly. person's feeling. Don't be like, cheer up. Yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, really yeah. helpful, but just like I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for you, exactly. Yeah. And I think the other thing is I remember that I felt like people must be so sick of the fact that I'm sad. And I think the other thing is to remember just to remind people that it takes as long as it takes and if they need to talk that you're happy to have the same conversation every single day for months if that's what they need and for them to not feel like they're alone because every must everybody must be sick of hearing them being yeah they want to know that they want to be included they want to be spoken to talked to like they don't want you to forget them Mm, definitely and like even like yeah it's so hard it's so hard seeing someone that you really love struggling with their mental health and you want to fix it for them. Like you really want to fix it for them. Or like, I know that some people can, can get frustrated and think that they're not helping themselves as much as they could, but these things take time and everybody has their own sort of healing process. Yeah, exactly. And they have to work through their own issues or their own depression in their own time. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes as long as it takes. takes. I think we maybe we maybe have covered this off in the last question. So, what would be your biggest piece of advice that someone for someone that is in a relationship with someone that struggles with their mental health? Yeah, like I said, I think it's probably just being like stable, calm influence in their life that they know how you're going to react to stuff. I think it's probably my 
best piece of advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. So just being like uh, a beacon in the storm. Yes, exactly. And that goes, again, as you said, taking care of your own mental health and any other issues that you have yeah, so that you can give them what they need. Yeah, totally. Is there anything that you really worry about in relation to this, in relation to Alex and her mental health and your relationship and the kids? This is very personal Um, No, like in terms of like day to day, I don't worry about it at all and often it like never crosses my mind at all. In terms of the kids, there's absolutely nothing I worry about. I think she's like the best mum and she ensures that she gives them everything that she has and supports them as much as they need as well. In saying that, every now and again, like there's always a little bit of a niggle in the back of my head that she might do something to herself. But I think we're both pretty in tune, especially she's really in tune to when she has depression or struggling and she'll often come to me to try to work through stuff. So it's not like definitely not something that I think about often, but... It does sit, it does in, the back sit there. in the back of my head, yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember feeling like that. I remember, and like like I said, early 20s what, what weren't in the, you know, supportive, stable relationship that you're in now, but I just remember that feeling of like rushing home yeah. every day, like rushing home in a hurry and how like sick you feel in your stomach. Uh, yeah, and which I think would, you know, sit in the back of a lot of people's mind, but you obviously have a great relationship and she feels really, very safe to share with you when, yes, yeah. when she is struggling. Um, on the episode that Alex and Julia spoke on, Alex shared that um, sometimes she worries that the kids will have mental health struggles. Do you think about that? Um, I, I really don't think about that. I know she has thought about it and we've looked it up and they are at a higher risk than most people, but it's not extremely, it's not like significantly higher, I don't think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, And also you have have, the tools. Yeah, we have the tools and I don't have anything which helps a lot. I think if both parents have bipolar, they have like a 25% chance higher than of getting it. Yeah. So I think with that as well, and I think we've given the kids, especially Alex, given them a very stable household to live in and stuff like that. And then with all that stuff like epigenetics that you've touched on that episode, I think we're doing really well with all that sort of stuff. So I don't worry. I really don't worry about the kids getting it at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And, and I think that's what I said on the episode too. If they did, you guys have so much experience and tools and, a diagnosis would happen a lot earlier and yeah. it would be a very different experience. Exactly. And that's the thing, like if they did get something, um, I think we'd just cross that bridge when it came to it and like we know how to handle it with Alex and stuff. So I don't think it would be a problem. I feel like you have my sort of brand of approach to life where like what's the point of worrying about something that might not happen? Yeah, exactly. I tell the kids that all the time. <laughs> like you guys are arguing about something that hasn't happened yet. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. I think like what I like it and again – I don't suffer from anxiety. Yeah. Like I just have this mentality of like what what is worrying achieving? Like yeah. it's you, you're causing yourself stress over a situation that may or may not happen and is not within your control. Yeah. So it's just like a useless use of energy yeah, for I, me, which is easier said than done. I like agree with what you're saying, but yeah, it's easier said than done, especially like you said, like we don't suffer from anxiety or anything like that. So yeah, that can be hard sometimes trying to – talk to Alex about that when she's suffering from a bit of anxiety. Completely but, yeah. different. And we're very excited to get Emma on a new another episode down the track to talk about anxiety yes. and, and how to help out with anxiety. Yeah. Because I think the thing with anxiety and the thing with any sort of mental health is it's really hard to understand what you haven't experienced yourself. Yeah. So, and this is, this is how I liken it. And we've already put a disclaimer on this episode, but I am 
about to talk about suicide. So just want to say that again. When I was at my lowest and had considered taking my own life, the only thing that I can do to explain it to people, because people say, oh, suicide is selfish. And I don't agree with that because when you are in that much pain, all you're thinking about is the end and not being in pain anymore. And you're not considering anything or anyone else. And the only way that I can liken it to a physical experience is my mum was in China and she got severe pancreatitis and her pancreatic fluid was outside of her pancreas and it was attacking all of her major organs. And she said, I was in so much physical pain that I just wanted to die and I didn't care about you, I didn't care about your brother, I didn't care about anybody, I just wanted the pain to stop. And I was like, that's what it feels like. Like, Yeah, I I can't... um (laughs) Talk on that because I haven't experienced it. But, um, yeah, that's very brave of you to share. Like not to take it too deep but like with the anxiety, like it's very easy to be like, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. But you haven't experienced, I haven't experienced it yet, that. So, you can't. so for someone to say to someone with anxiety, oh, don't worry about that, or if you for someone to say with depression, oh, like it's not that bad. Like we can't – it's like you can't understand what childbirth feels like. Yeah, exactly. There's stuff that – you have to experience to understand and I think mental illness is definitely one of those things that if you haven't experienced it, you're not going to understand what anxiety feels like, what the depression feels like or what like wanting to make suicide feels like. So yeah, I think it's just definitely coming from like just don't judge people basically and just yeah try to understand as much as you can. And, and just yeah, have compassion. And have and compassion, exactly. And just like to maybe even... Like this is beyond even the capabilities of what you've experienced, the most severe pain in your life. And just to try and remember that because I think people do get impatient or really flippant about mental health and that's why we're here and that's why we're having these conversations to really make it more normalised and to try and help people understand a little bit more about things that they they can't yet. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Did you have any other notes or anything else uh, that you yes. wanted to talk about? I wanted to say that like with Alex and me, it's just like any other relationship, like you're going to have easy times, you're going to have hard times. Um, for me though, our relationship has always been worth it. She's the same person that I met. She's the same person that we became best friends with, fell in love with, got married to. She's like amazing with her family and I've always been more than happy to support her in our relationship And I guess that's something that I think everyone sort of needs to look at if they are in a relationship and whether it is something that they want to keep putting time and effort into, whether it's worth it for them or whether it's not worth it for them. And there's no There's no shame shame in that, that. whether yeah, Yeah. whether you need to take time away for your own mental health or anything else. Because if if like obviously for yourself, like it is worth it and it's not affecting you in a way that's negative, the all the positives are outweighing the challenges. Like a million percent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But for some people, like if you if your mental health is really taking a hit and you can't, like maybe those people do need to reassess whether it is it is like the relationship is the best thing for both people. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, like I think you got to keep coming back to that. And like I said, for me, it's always been worth it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I think it's so brave of you to share and so brave of Alex to share. And this is, you know, so personal. It's such a close-up look at your lives and yeah. something that you haven't shared before. And I think a lot of people would be really surprised when Alex shared that she had that bipolar diagnosis because that's the thing. Like you, people don't see 
what's happening under the surface or the history or what's happening behind closed doors. We just see what people present to the world. Yeah. So you guys should be so proud yeah. of sharing and letting us help other people in this situation through your story. So thank you. And thanks for having me on the podcast. You're welcome. All right. So the beauty of having a recording studio set up at home is that you can add a little bit into your own show after the fact. So I've just had a listen to Tegan and Kev's interview, which was fantastic. (laughs) Tegan did such a good job and asked amazing questions, obviously. A bit of a hard listen for me, but that's why we wanted to do it, to be really honest. And hopefully us sharing our story helps other people going through mental illness or supporting someone with mental illness. But anyway, Tegan and I thought it would be good to jump on and do a little recap. Yep. And that's Kev, by the way. I'm here with Kev. (laughs) Here again. (laughs) Not here with Tegan. So I think that that's the most in-depth conversation you've ever had with anyone. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I don't, I've never spoken to anyone about it other than you. Yeah, well, or, or about your feelings or, or anything, yeah. other than the one psychologist appointment yeah. that you've had. Two. <laughs> Which weren't to Which do with me, I'd like to, to say. Yes. <laughs> and as you mentioned, you know, we are able to support each other in those things. And it's now that I'm on medication and probably like the best I've ever been in my life, it's nice to be able to, um, not nice that you're going through some no, shit really. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice that you're able to support me yeah. through stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. So I know what it's like doing your first podcast episode and it's all a bit of a blur and you forget stuff. So I think there's yeah. some things that you wanted to add in. Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing I wanted to add in was I think when Tegan was telling her story, I don't think I responded in the best way to her. I think like usual, I was sort of processing it and doing that internally <laughs> instead of externally. So I just want to say that it was very brave of her to share that with um, everybody and as someone who hasn't experienced it, it was definitely a very good way of her explaining it to physical pain as well to mental pain. Yes. So Tegan has shared that story with me before. And as someone who's kind of experienced those thoughts as well, um, I feel like that is better than I could have ever explained it myself. Cause I think we can all even like very, um, mentally stable, pragmatic people like you can probably even relate to the physical pain. So I think that there were some of the things in there as well that you were talking about how you help support me and there was just a few things that you probably forgot when you were writing because obviously it's hard to think of all the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And I think these are things that other people might be able to help people with. So I just thought I would share like one of them that I didn't really think was a thing until until your mum mentioned it was like how many times in a day we go over like logistical plans yep. uh, and just plans in general. Like you let me pour everything out of my brain, not necessarily like for you to even come back with, you just listen to me plan out the day because you know that like, I mean, maybe this is just something people do to support people, but mine's probably to a very meticulous point. But I mean, even this morning, I'll write like a series of notes and be like. Yeah, big notes in this person. <laughs> yeah, because this is how like just the more in control I feel, the better I feel and it alleviates my anxiety to have a plan and know that everything's going to go yeah, to that plan. Definitely. I think we've probably gotten better with that as well um, the longer we've been together. 
Yeah. And now I know just to listen to you and what you have to say and what we're doing and stuff probably yeah. helps me keep track of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, it does. And Kev, uh, you don't, not that you don't have a good memory, but like I um, am also probably not a very good communicator and I just assume that I've told you stuff that I haven't. And maybe that's just general relationship advice as well. Anyway, so just being patient with, I guess that's more from an anxiety and kind of like OCD point of view if you're supporting someone with that then just yeah, just let them do what they have to do yeah. to get through something and and because that's going to work out best for everyone and not getting annoyed at them going over and over and over the plans again yeah two of the other things that i think you didn't cover one of them is like believing in me yeah because i think that that's probably one of the biggest symptoms for me throughout like my life is just having no self belief just because of all of the anxiety and like crushing self-doubt yeah. <laughs> um, and supporting my ideas, even if they were spontaneous. Yeah. Well, I've, I've just always gone along and always believed in you, like in your potential and stuff. I just know that you can do it. So I just, there's no point in not supporting you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so that's a very big one. And I just think that you just generally don't think there's anything wrong with me still. Yeah, well, that's what I, after the podcast I was talking to you about it, I said sometimes it's hard to talk about and say what I do because I generally just think that you're you and even the stuff that you say I do I think just comes naturally and or I've had to work on it but like it was always there. Yeah. So it's not like hard to do. It's just me like you being you and me being me sort of thing. So it just feels like it's that's just our relationship. Uh, anyway, thank you for coming on the show. As Tegan said, and being super honest and thank you to Tegan as well for sharing your story and for making Kev feel so comfortable as well. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It was a really important one. Please forward the episode on to anyone that you think may need to hear it. The more we talk about it and open conversations around mental health, the better. I think I said it in the episode before, but I believe that mental health affects 100% of our population, whether it is you that is suffering yourself or someone that you love or know suffering. Um, the more we can share and educate ourselves, the better we'll be able to help. Thanks, guys. See you next week. <laughs>